Hey guys, it's Michelle Collins. Welcome to the Michelle Collins Show. It's my show and I'm thrilled you're here. We're going to be bringing you episodes every single week with different co-hosts, the same usual nonsense, off-the-cuff humor, news, advice, pop culture. I know it's a novel concept for a podcast, but what can I say? I'm an innovator. That's what I do. You'll be getting episodes every week, but if you want to hear daily episodes, you can head over to my Patreon. That's www.patreon.com slash Mishkal, M-I-C-H-C-O-L-L. I have co-hosts every single day. It's funny. It's loose. It's authentic. I do weekly episodes with my mother. If you're curious as to how someone is made this way, I highly recommend tuning into those and some video content as well, which is exciting. I'm off to contour, but I want you to enjoy this episode. It's fabulous. We adore you and we look forward to seeing you over on the Patreon. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, everyone. Oh, I'm trying to sound just smooth and velveteen because sometimes accidentally I start playing my own podcast on my phone and then I have to hear myself. So I want to put out like the best, you know, customer service agent phone quality and we're back. Hi. (laughs) Okay, that's I think I'd have enough time to pause it and like throw my phone into a ravine if I hear myself. Hey, guys, it's Michelle Collins. It is a brand new episode of Midnight Snack. That's the name of this podcast. Um, I'm here with Dan Acton uh, looking ever so dapper in a crisp white button down. Dan, you dry clean your shirts. How do you get it so crisp? Good question. Uh, Bubbleworks, my my local laundry, uh, picks it up and delivers it folded. I hang really it up in the do closet. a nice, really do a nice job. <laughs> might I just <laughs> say, I can Thank never you. wear um, like anytime I want to go for that Uma Thurman look. Two mm-hmm. things happen. One is I always look like a female security guard. Like there's no, I I think we just talked about this. Like I put a button down <laughs> on, and it's Reno nine one one right away. But. <laughs> In the times that I've wanted to be like chic French, like skinny black jean, flat white button down, Audrey Hepburn, because I put so much foundation on and I grew up with my mother's (laughs) 
jacket collars, just being or like uh, orange Tammy <laughs> Faye, uh, Jim Baker, you know, just like so orange like, collars. Hmm? Ran around the collar. Yeah, it, exactly. And every white shirt I have has, especially like right in the corners where it like hits my chin, has huh. orange. So I just I don't buy them anymore. <laughs> I can't buy white shirts. I don't know how to wash them properly. I just don't do it. I ruin everything. <laughs> I really do. I'm not saying it didn't intend to bring it up. I just saw you and I thought I can't whatever that is. I can't do that. <laughs> So uh, I leave it. I leave it to the experts. Thanks. Um, well, I'm just thrilled to have you here. We have a great show for you. Somebody I absolutely adore. Philippa Sue is here. Um, she's really like one of the few people, and actually, just like Kristen last week, who just has it all. Like pretty, mm. great singer, sweet, smart, funny. It's you almost want to just tear the hair right out of your head. She's got it all. <laughs> she's got everything, people. Um, she's our guest today. I adore her. I'm so excited uh, to chat with her. But before we do that, it's the typical banter people have said to me michelle why don't you cut the interviews just do the banter (laughs) and i go well i appreciate that but this is how you know we start things off and it's a two-part show right dan yeah absolutely i mean people ask me uh to cut the banter but, <laughs> I thought you were going to say just to cut me out. People oh, constantly yeah. are like, get rid of Michelle. No, I saw no. I saw the comments that are like, your laugh. Is that mean to bring up? Can we talk about it? No, bring it on. I saw the comment that was like, because I never read our reviews, and perhaps I shouldn't even say this here on the show because okay. it's like, you know, baiting the hook a little bit. But um, <laughs> someone's really hates your laugh. <laughs> and, yeah, I'm like, um, yeah. and, and I'm like, well... And it's funny because I love your laugh. And that's why well, you see he they, did it. They have a I point. love your laugh. Yeah. It is loud. And I wonder, I was actually going to say to Sam, our sound engineer, like, should Dan laugh away? Should he like turn his head from the mic? I like your laugh. But then what are we like catering to one particularly like you you make me funnier you know so that's why i love having you here and also i love you but i i like the laugh thanks uh yeah i think something happened around a certain episode where there was like a little there was like two reviews that i saw that was like Dan adds nothing all caps and uh he haws into (laughs) the yeah i know and he haws in the microphone and i was like oh i'm like am i a psychopath that i didn't like I literally don't care. Like, is that? I mean, it's funny because I. That's why I just stopped reading the reviews. Um, and then I, I told you that I went. To, I had to like grab some links for something in an email, and I saw the top three <laughs> reviews, and my eyes like glazed. I looked like um, Gandalf the Gray, you know, when he got like the white parts of his eyes. I just they like shink. They just turned white. I was like, I don't want to see what these are. And then they were really nice. Like the top three, they're up yeah, right yeah. and they were recent. And I was like, oh, people yeah. are so fucking nice. People are yeah. nice. I think people are inherently good. Plus, I'm like, listen, if you're listening to this. No, you don't like it. Don't listen to it. It's not costing you any money. Just turn the shit off. You know what I mean? I've left mean reviews on stuff that I actually don't say that. But I just (laughs) don't say that. Okay, Sam edit that out. You can't say that because there people are going to do that. Oh yeah. Okay. Don't say that. All right. Say you only leave good reviews on things you like. I only leave good reviews on things I like. It was great. Sam, leave that in. Um, anyway, enough about this is like a little inside baseball. I just I don't know why I brought it up, because now that I saw that with the laugh thing, I'm like, oh, but it's like, see, I'm the opposite. I like take everything, you know, that's why I can't read my DMs because like everyone gets in my head. I'm like, oh, anyway, enough about that. I tell you about my weekend. Um, first of all, and by the way, I love Dan's laugh just for the record. Like, I really do. You know, it, it, it's why I get out of bed in the morning to hear Dan laugh. It's really <laughs> that's true. That's what you have recorded on your alarm. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my God, someone just sent me a video. Um, you know, I get like animal videos a lot. And mm-hmm. the problem with that is I'm sort of like I'm so at the precipice of viral animal videos that like Instagram or TikTok will show them to me on their own. Like I, people will DM me things that I saw. I mean, genuinely at the beginning of mankind, you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, the yeah, horse yeah. with the shoes on, like I've seen it, the baby horse, <laughs> all of that. But my friend Jen texted me a video that was like in a farm. And I was like, Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure this is going to be that horse video that like everyone sends to me over and over again. And I open it and it's this guy going rutabaga, rutabaga. And then this, and I'm like, Oh, it's a p- horse's name. Rutabaga. Like I'm confused. Yeah. And the most drop dead gorgeous, like six foot two pink pig <laughs> <laughs> comes popping up over the little farm door. He's got a dirty little snout. Be- it's like f- it's shot with like an HD red cam. It's so beautiful. I'm like, wait, I can see every little hair on his little lip. I mean, just I can't stop thinking about this pig. Human eyes, you know, the eyes of a person. When you look, you see it. You're like, do you believe well, in past lives? For pigs, yeah, pigs are super smart. Oh, they're so smart. They're yeah. genius. I know. And yeah. I do eat pork <laughs> collectively. I do. Yeah, but I. I know. I. It's on its way out. Well, I'm trying to eat less meat, funny enough. So maybe like that's the first thing I cut because I'm, yeah. you know, I never remember what I've said here on my radio show or whatever, but I, the thing I always feel like if PETA wants to get people to stop eating pork, right. they shouldn't drive around the trucks, which, you know, when I see those PETA trucks, it's like there's two trucks I see where I, I duck the PETA truck and then the um, Chabad truck, you know, the, the. <laughs> rabbi truck and i'm a jew i can say the rabbi truck you know that is trying to like give things to people whatever anyway this is very new york but there's um there's a name for that jewish rabbi truck it's like the hanukkah mobile or something anyway i see it oh wait i saw it i have i have a video of it because i heard it and then i started taking a video i was like what is that i've never seen it before so i literally have a video on my phone of it like coming into view and like just sailing by my window wait recently (laughs) Yeah, like a couple days ago or Wait, like that's, a couple weeks ago. They're, they're yeah. everywhere. There's three vans yeah. I would see around New York constantly. Um, that, and I wish you could watch the video because there's a name for it that I'm forgetting. It's because I haven't been in New York uh, recently. That, the pita truck that drives around showing like lambs getting slaughtered and just like uh, cow beheadings. And it's just the oh. most, and they park, it's so fucked up. They'll park in front of like, you know, dumb bitches having brunch on a Sunday. It's so funny though. It's like they'll park <laughs> the van where all these girls are outside being like Sunday Sunday like eating their bacon and whatever else and then boop it's like there's the pita truck it's actually but how do they know up. they're not how do they know they're not having like impossible bacon or whatever like I've really gotten into that recently by the way which yeah. we'll talk about and then someone else oh, okay. is like oh that's also full of shit so there's that and then there's the another meat related uh, vehicle which is a white van that drives around New York I don't know if there's more than one it I'm like already dying it has a huge fish on the side and it says meat without feet do you know that the meat without oh, feet. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I love I love meat without feet. <laughs> love me without feet. I see meat without feet and I'm just I like two X's for eyes, I'm done. Like I love it. But if Peter really wanted to drive the point home that eating meat is bad, they should yeah. 
get rid of the um, slaughtering gifts because I turn away. Like the second I see one yeah. loose eyeball, I'm like, good night and good luck. I'm out of here. <laughs> they should show the videos that exist on YouTube of pigs yeah. cleaning their apartment. There are videos, if you look this up on YouTube, where there are pigs who are so smart that they pick up a broom and they sweep the shit off the floor and they go and they're like putting things away. I'm going, what am I looking at? They pick up bricks off the floor like Legos. They put them in the baskets. They're like training to neaten the room. And it's bullshit because when you hear of a pigsty, what do you think, obviously? And meanwhile, yeah, you're he's right. like you're swiffing right. with his snout here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's a misnomer. Yeah, sure is. And uh, I was thinking of a misnomer pun, but we're just going to move along. Didn't get it. <laughs> Didn't come to me. I don't want to talk about it. Um, no, but don't you think that would be funny? Plus, I would yes. like truly lol. I would like park myself in front of this van. It would certainly be better than the Batman. Me walking and like watching a pig <laughs> cleaning his apartment. <laughs> Consider me sold. And every time I see that, I'm like, I can't eat pork anymore. It's like this is this thing yes. just had a sweep and I'm ingesting yeah. it. That is much, that is such a better play. You're, you actually should talk to Peter about it. It's such a better. I know, but message. I eat meat. So, you know, they would like the next thing you know, there's a video of me like hog tied. <laughs> I don't even know. I just think, you know, they're dying to hog tie me, Dan. I can't. I can't. I'm going to text you this video. That's why you're out of the country. <laughs> yes. I'm avoiding getting HT bikinis. Wait, let me send you this video of this pig. It is so. When this pig pops over the door, I feel happiness. Like I feel real unadulterated joy from Rutabaga. Are you watching <laughs> Wait, it? Should I play it? Okay, hang on. Rutabaga! Rutabaga! Look at his little feet! Look oh how God. beautiful he is, the though. The ears. Wow. Look, look how beautiful it's shot. <laughs> I'm just obsessed. You know, my favorite videos are the pig eating cookie videos, which I talk about every other episode, so we don't have to go there. Now, something funny happened this weekend. I, I started to tell you I, you know, I just started dipping my toe into TikTok because mm-hmm. I posted a video. My parents celebrated their 50th wedding anniversary. Um, I'm picturing you're starting a foot TikTok, by the way. Why? Because <laughs> you're dipping your toe. <laughs> you know how much money I'd make? With oh, my, like a lot. <laughs> these feet, these feet and this sense of humor, the fetish, I'd be lolling all the way to, to the bank. I'd be hoofing it like rutabaga with my little piggy hooves all the way to Wells Fargo, baby. Cha-ching. Goyoing. That's my pig tail. Goyoinging in the wind. That is how much money I'd be making. These hooves on TikTok? Forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> what if it was just close-ups of me like poorly tap dancing also i don't think they make tap shoes in my size what size shoe was gregory hines he had to be around a men's 10 hmm. let's find that out yeah so um <laughs> no i was dipping my toe into tiktok and i uploaded a video of my parents um at the grand lux cafe at sawgrass mills and I was like, I don't know if you saw this video, but basically yeah. I uploaded a video of my parents and it got like 240,000 views. Like it went viral. What? Really? Yes. Yes. Wow. And the, I know. And then I went in. Well, it's very, it's like really a funny video that actually I used to show at my stand up show. But oh, thank you. Amelia Googled Gregory Hines wore size 13 tap shoes. Hello. Could tap mm. his way into maybe ring. Um. So, <laughs> Good night. That's the end of the show. I can't go on. How beautiful is that pig, Amelia? I can't. All right, I'm closing the chat. Um, 
So something happened. So I got on TikTok and um, all these videos started playing for me. And they were the videos that are like the most viral things obviously yeah. come up first from people I've spoken to who are like deep into the TikTok world. It starts to learn. It really is brilliant. Apparently a lot better than Instagram is. And it really starts hmm. to learn the things you like. Now, funny enough, on Instagram, my Explorer page, which we've talked about before, when Dan and I compare it, it's very funny because Dan's is all like big, shirtless, hairy, bear men. Not, not bear. Not necessarily hairy, yeah. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know why, though. Let me open mine. Mine recently, and they've really gotten to know me, it's all orangutans. Like, I opened mine up. Not, di- not dissimilar. <laughs> Not dissimilar for the record, but it's genuinely all like some makeup things. It's monkey. This is a monkey eating olives. This is the top thing on my explore. It's like a monkey eating a bowl of olives. Like this is is for me. So it's pretty good. Let's be honest, because I love it. I was like, oh, like they've really cracked me wide open. Figured me out. But with TikTok, they haven't done it yet. So I'm getting a lot of like the um just the regular viral things. And it's fascinating because it's like seeing like a lot of teenagers and just things that I know genuinely like stepping into a different universe. Like, yeah. oh my God, yeah. like these people exist. I live in my own bubble. So I'm so hardcore in my bubble that I it's like, holy shit, like what is happening out there? What is the world right, coming right, right. to? <laughs> And a lot of the other things they brought up for me were wellness uh, videos, which also like, okay, how dare they? But I also need it. Okay. I take no vitamins. You know that. I'm like, a, I, I, I don't take a single vitamin. No. Okay. Right. I always say that, you know, I wake up in the morning like the little boy in the secret garden in my wicker wheelchair and I just go to the window <laughs> and crack the blinds, peek out. So <laughs> I see this video of this guy and he's going because I, I haven't been sleeping well because of the next door neighbors. I'm now right. on, on a little kid's school schedule, by the way. I go to bed at like 1130. <laughs> I'm up at 630 every day. So it's kind of great, actually. But um, I see it says drink a full glass of water before bed. Basically okay. drink a full glass okay. of water before bed. And then when you wake up another one and it apparently flushes toxins and things like that, which kind of yeah, makes please. sense. I liked it. But also <laughs> to take magnesium. Great. So I ordered Turkmenistan, the thing that Dan <laughs> is obsessed with, Turkesterone or whatever it is, which yeah. I've taken. And it's sort of, I had a very energetic day today, so maybe it's onto something. But magnesium, because I figured this will be great. Like, I need to take yeah. vitamins. Great. Saturday. <laughs> it's most. Why is that funny? <laughs> why is that funny? Because I've taken magnesium before, so just go on. <laughs> I don't know if it's well, that. Whatever. Okay. Well, this is, I saw, I'm telling you, this is the power of TikTok is that people, yeah. and now I understand why people take horse dewormer. Like it actually, I thought, oh, <laughs> all you need is one right. idiot to say this right. thing. And you're like, but I saw it. Like I saw it. Yeah. It's, it works. Yeah, exactly. Like I saw a video of someone doing it. <laughs> so I get this magnesium. And anyway, Saturday I wake up. It is a gorgeous day in London. And and I've been kind of in the dumps because it's been so rainy here. And I realize now that that I actually am affected by that. Mm. So I'm like so excited. Get on a walk. Meet up with people. I was supposed to meet a friend for a drink at like five. Dan, I'm telling you, I felt like I'm not trying to be funny when I say this. I truly thought that I was going to have to go to the hospital. Like I was like, I have a terminal illness that needs to get checked. Um. 
And I, cu- I couldn't, I was laying in bed. I couldn't lift my arms or my legs. I was so, Oof. it wasn't even like tired. It was like something is happening to my body. I genuinely thought I had COVID. I was like, maybe this is like stage one. Cause you know, lethargy. <laughs> right. It's <is> big. <laughs> so I'm laying in bed. I text yeah. my friend at like 4.30 going, listen, I don't think I can meet up for a drink. I can't get out of bed. Like something has happened to my body. And right. we're texting about it. And as a joke, I said, oh, maybe it's the magnesium I took this morning. And he went, that is what it is. And I went, what are you I saying? Can't... He goes, he goes, no, you magnesium is a nighttime. It's a nighttime thing. thing. And it's because <laughs> I watched a video one time, saw magnesium. <laughs> <laughs> and never in my life, you know, other than melatonin, most vitamins you take in the morning when you pop out of bed. So I assumed yeah, you true. wake up and take it in the morning. That's true. And I, because I didn't save the video, I just saw it and ordered it. <laughs> it killed my whole Saturday. I stared out of the window, looking at like children laughing in the sun. You know when the sun hits the dust, and you're like, oh, the dust. Like when you see the reflections, it's like air glitter. You're like, oh, look at that beautiful dust. And then I was looking downstairs, and people just on their scooters and stuff. And I was like, wow, it looks so fun. <laughs> I had food delivered twice. The hotel is like, is she okay? Like something is wrong with Michelle because of this fucking magnesium. So that's just a tip out there. Do not take it in the morning. But let me tell you, it does work. Yeah. Well, you got to go back on, t- on TikTok and tell people to take it at night. Because <laughs> like I've taken it before. There's a thing called ZMA, uh, okay. zinc, magnesium, and I always forget what the A is, whatever. Yeah. Um, but you take it and it puts you down into REM sleep really quickly. And then... I tend to like pop out of it. So I called it like dream pills. And yes. if somebody's like staying over it, like I'm like, hey, do you want some dream pills? And I have to explain the whole thing. But okay. it's like, it's it, like, it, it you like, yeah. I, I had a man like say that. that to me when at a club, Dan. Do you <laughs> no, want some- <laughs> <laughs> so, but it's really entertaining because like you can go have an awesome dream and then wake up and you're like, wow, what a roller coaster. And then go back to sleep. Can I tell you what's funny about that? That I took it and um, because then that night when I realized the effect it had on my body, I was like, well, I actually need to sleep because I'd been exhausted from these kids next door. So I took it and I had the best night's sleep. It actually I'm going to say it makes me feel like I'm on a heavy narcotic, like my muscles and my limbs feel heavy. I can barely move. It's like I don't understand how it's over the counter and how I haven't been taking (laughs) it my whole life. It feels like heroin, honestly. And so I was laying there, but I had a great dream both nights that I took it I had very vivid dreams and yes and um one of them I had like I just I had like a family but they were nice and it was just like really yeah I mean wait tell me more (laughs) was I in it (laughs) yeah we were married and, you, and all you did was laugh. <laughs> I love you. No, no, no. It was just like, and I was on a boat. I think the boat sank, but it was like still nice. Everything was nice. It just felt like really. Um, Your family. <laughs> my, my family perished, but Little I made kids. it. Plop, plop, plop. <laughs> I got in the Daily Mail. It was great, great dream. It was just a great dream. A plus, uh, but that's basically it. So yeah, that's my magnesium story. And then I've just been fucking a lot up lately. I don't know what it is. Like I, huh. I can't decide if it's just like two years of this shit, and my brain is just forgetting things, or yeah. like I just I'm making like sloppy mistakes on things. Like yeah. I was supposed to go to a dance. This is so stupid. I was supposed to go to a dance performance yesterday at the Tate. 
I got tickets. I knew the guy who choreographed it and a lovely guy named Mark. And so I met up with my friend Jessica to go see it. And we go to the, I go to the tape written and I'm like circling it. And it's straight up like Looney Tunes keep out boarded up. Like every door is boarded up. I'm like, okay. So I texted him to be like, Hey, I don't think the museum, you know, the museum is open. And he was like, it's at the Tate modern, which is, and it's like, Uh, how fucking stupid am I? Of course it was there, but I just, you know, like you get some a thought in your head and you're like, okay, gotta go there. Yeah. See ya. Like it was, it's like with the magnesium, same thing. It's yeah. like, okay, morning. Okay. Done. I don't like double check my work and I it is we leading. The Met. Go we on. went to like a Met opera and we were supposed to meet a third and he showed up at the Metropolitan Museum. Oh, that's right. Don't you remember? It, like, cause yes. it was at Lincoln center. Yeah. Yeah. So we had to like, I remember that a hundred percent. Yeah. And it's the same thing. Like you would think, well, is he an idiot? But it's like, no, when you say yeah. like people hear Metropolitan, I heard the Tate. And I yeah. think also because I never I, I had just been to the Tate Britain over the summer and it was like very nice. So I in my mind, I was like, oh, it'll be fun to go back. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, and I missed the whole show. That was it. So apologies yeah. to him. I was really excited about it. Um, that's it. I don't know what's going to help. Maybe this turkesterone will kick in. <laughs> just bounce it out. Anything yeah. else happening for you, Danny? Uh, not too much. I had a good weekend. I actually did go to the Metropolitan Museum. Oh, yes. I yeah. remember. Tell everyone what you were going to go see. Oh, so I was going to see. So supposedly there was this like Disney exhibit, which I know is slightly basic, but they had the uh, Sleeping Beauty like bejeweled book that they show at the beginning <laughs> of sleep. I was like, I want to see that. I'll, I'll go on the train for an hour. Which, and by the I way, that's out. not animated in it. That's like a real book. No, it's just like a real book. Oh, and interesting. Then, yeah. Okay. Um, and I went in there and was gone. It's already in London. So you got to go see it. I know. I was like, when you told me that, I thought, but you know, the idea of going to a Disney exhibition when I am so staunchly anti-adult Disney. I know. It's tough. I was just well, talking I put about it off. This. Yeah. Don't put it off like I did because I waited and now it's gone. Yeah, but. I know what you're saying, but I'm going to put it off, put it off forever. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go. I don't, I, I've gotten tricked into going to like kids museum exhibits before thinking it was going to be cool. And then every time oh, I yeah, go, it true. fucking sucks. <laughs> yeah, I true. went to like this Alice in Wonderland exhibit that actually right. featured one of my favorite artists and it yeah. like, I love her, but it fucking sucked. And then I hope she doesn't listen. And then, um, this Disney thing, also Disney adults, you know, I just, and I, I know there are some listening and listen, I'll go to Disney. There's a difference. I will yeah. go to Disney world. I will yeah. have a nice time. I will go to Epcot. Remember mm-hmm. Captain EO with the now defunct Michael Jackson. There was some fun stuff there. <laughs> some fun stuff. Defunct, defunct in several ways. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and, um, but I just like the, the culture of like, I will lean into like yeah. Shrek, but I won't lean into Disney. That's just how well, yeah, I So once they have the, once Shrek comes to the Met, you can like, Oh, I'm in how they don't make Shrek the theme for the next Met gala called the Shrek gala. Everyone shows up in like little burlap vests. They paint themselves green. It would be so much fun. They could come as fairy tale uh, characters. That actually would be fun. Oh yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, that would. Be yeah, fun. like Grimm's so, fairy tales. Yeah, go on. I, so this is one uh, thing that I learned at the museum because we were like, the, by the time we got there, yeah, we're making our way through the Egyptian wing. Okay. Uh, people are touching the stuff. Like <gasps> couples are coming up and like palming. Like everything was really gross. But they have these <clears throat> mummies there. And I found out supposedly the reason why there not many mummies exist now is because in Victorian times, they would eat mummies, like Victorian England 
people. Gives a new meaning to the term yummy a mummy. Am I right? <laughs> That's for like three English people. That's what they call yeah. mothers in England, which I oh, hate. Really? Yes. <laughs> like there are some cafes that'll be like coffee, perfect for yummy mummies. Like Google that. that. Mean? Yummy mummy? Yeah, for like I guess it's so creepy. I hate the term <laughs> yummy. And no offense to um who's the one who says yummo? Uh you know, oh shit. I'm telling you, my brain is rotting. I convinced myself <laughs> I have Parkinson's this week. Like, let me look up yummy mummy. <laughs> um, so they ate. There was a television series called Yummy Mummies. Maybe that's where it came from. I missed it. Did you? That's surprising. And then there's a question. People also ask Are yummy mummies still friends? <laughs> is yummy mummy scripted? Uh, I- I've heard this term. That's what they say it. Yummy mummies are usually between the ages of 30 and mid 40s, congregate to mill, middle to upper class coffee shops. That's so funny. Okay. So they meet and now it makes sense that it would be on a coffee shop. See, I'm glad I read this. Now it makes sense. They're like rich moms who okay. um, go to like they meet each other for coffee during the day. Okay. But anyway, so but they like, used to yeah. eat mummies. <laughs> Going back to what you were saying. Really? Yeah, totally. You would have a party. Or Stop. Victorian people would have a party, and we're gonna, and they'd be like, "We're gonna have a mummy unwrapping," and so it would be like the big event. And you would where would watch they get it, it from? They 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 sold them, like they've what? sold mummies to, to England. Like they I'm were gonna stolen, be sick. Obviously. Actually, this actually, if you. You know, first we start with the pigs. If PETA wants people to stop eating meat, <laughs> they start showing videos of Victorian people eating mummies. <laughs> I'm horrified. Go on. Because it, it was supposed to be like a, a health benefit or you would grind it up into dust and like make paint oh. out of it. There was a mummy brown color that painters Ooh. use. Like, yeah, it's, nice. it's just the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, no, it's just fascinating. So that How was would you eat it, though? Like, it Was there still something on the bone? Um, I don't think it was like meaty. I, I think you'd probably like grind grind it up. Oh, that's to make grind your bread it up. I can see. Yeah. Hold on a minute. Now I'm getting involved. <laughs> it's like a smoothie. No, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You want a shot yeah. of uh we got kombucha, you want a shot of ginger, shot of mummy? No problem, we got you. <laughs> I could um listen, you know, I've heard of stranger things. Did they have a sign up at the Met saying that or you Googled it? Somebody told me while we were looking at a mummy. And he was like, Google it. And I did afterwards. I was like, wow, that's really true. That's interesting. Yeah, the Mets should have facts like that. I've been through that Egyptian yeah. so many times. They Everybody's just give you a fork when you go in and like try <laughs> taste whatever. <laughs> so stupid. Um, well, that is a great fact. One thing about this show, Dan's going to bring up things that were petrified hundreds of years ago. Listen to last week's <laughs> and now this week's. Every week you bring up something from like 500 years right. ago that they find buried under mud. You're like, by the way. Yes, <laughs> a new little factoid for you. Well, Dan, I-, I love you. I think you sound phenomenal. I think you look as good as you've ever looked in our friendship, might I add. Oh, thank you. I oh, really think nice. you're Thanks. hitting a physical peak. You look stunning. You're <laughs> inspiring me. I walked five miles today and it's only wow. midday. I know. So I have all the evening left, but I have to go put eyeliner on because I actually have a dinner tonight. Oh, you know what I'm seeing tonight? What? You're going to be excited. I'm seeing cock tonight. <laughs> I'm seeing cock tonight. The play. Okay. The play. <laughs> yep. yeah. Yes, the play. I know. What's, uh, I had someone cancel is... a date, actually. So the irony is that... <laughs> <laughs> I got it covered. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, well, the world works in mysterious ways, doesn't it? Um, but I'm excited for it. So that's that. I'm going to go see Cock. Dan, I love you so much. Um, 
And uh, listener, thank you for being supportive of both of our laughs because mine also is no walk in the park. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I'm going to post that rutabaga clip this week. I'm going to watch it 10 more times. But while I do that, here's Philippa Sue. You know her from Hamilton. She's in a new show at the public theater called Suffs. I adore her. She's wonderful. And you're going to love this. Here she is. one of the greatest uh, musical theater actresses, singer. I feel like I'm going to say musical theater mogul. Does that make any sense at all? No. Sure. Say it. Yeah. A mogul. Sure. I'll take it. I like the term <laughs> mogul. It just feels like it's always used for men, but never for women for some reason. And I want to change that today. Yeah, yeah. let's do it. You are coming out in Suffs at the Public Theater, which is opening March 13th uh, in New York City. I love the Public Theater. I want to talk all about that. Of course, you know her from Hamilton. Oh, my God. She's a Gemini. She's a newborn baby child. I always forget how young you are. The great Philippa Sue. Philippa, tell me everything from the top. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for that great introduction. Oh, please. Um, yeah, I'm doing well. It's like we're we're in this phase of the rehearsal process. Um, I've been working on this new musical stuff for a very long time. Mm-hmm. I started working on it in 2018, I think. Oh, my God. Um, 17 or 18. It, honestly, anything beyond two years ago is like <laughs> a cloud in my memory at this point. Yeah, I've been with the show for a while and... It's like in this beautiful phase where we're actually getting to perform in front of an audience for the first time this Sunday, which will be a couple days from now of this podcast. It's crazy that it's four years in the making. And of course, the first question I have is like, is it directed by James Cameron? Like, why did it take four years to put this show on? Is it Was it changing throughout the whole time or did COVID kind of slow it down? What happened? So, I mean, usually musicals take a long while. I mean, it's... It's definitely more than a three-year process for something like a musical, just because there's so many moving parts. And for something like this, you know, um, Shana Taub is our wonderful writer of this beautiful piece. She's she's written the book, lyrics, and music. Mm -hmm. And it's not directed by James Cameron, but it's directed by Lee Silverman. Oh. Yeah, it's gone through a bunch of different phases. But ultimately, like you said, we you know, we had to add two years onto that because, you know, COVID happened. And so there was no theater. We were set to do the show in 2020, which is the centennial of the the women's right to vote getting the 19th amendment passed. Um, and we, we weren't able to do that. And all this to say, you know, before I move on that the process of making the musical was years before I even joined it. Unbelievable. Wow. After all of these years, but really when we had to take that pause during the pandemic, we Mm -hmm. still did readings. We still did some virtual events. Um, the, the public theater had a gala that was virtual and we performed a song for that. It's been a long time coming, but I think the crazy part is that hundred years ago, the women who were fighting for the right to vote were also going through a pandemic at the same time. Oh my God. The Spanish flu was happening and, Ugh. um, you know, they were on the precipice of war and they were fighting for the right to vote. And then all of a sudden the Spanish flu happens and, um, they're, they're going through a very similar thing. They're wearing masks, you know, <laughs> everywhere they go. Um, so in a way it was like silver lining, you know, it was like inspiring because here we were trying to make something and 
trying to progress in the world, you know, beyond just making this musical, trying to really change the world in a lot of ways after coming out of 2016 and, uh, and the election and, you know, those four years of just feeling like, what is this country? Like, what, what do we really stand for? And asking all of those really important questions. Oh my God. And I think having the time beyond those four years, those two years of the pandemic and trying to figure out what it all means, Mm. um, you know, it, it, I think gave us a perspective that we would not have had otherwise. It's a lot of pressure to have to cover such a great part of history in one little musical. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like now it kind of does make sense as to why it took such a long time to get it up and running. And for those who don't know, the public theater is sort of like the first stop to Broadway. It's uh, where Hamilton started, right? And then it moved on. So I guess is the idea that you do like a test run. How much of it would change, do you think? Or how much of Hamilton, I guess, changed from when you were at the public to when you went to Broadway? It changed a lot. Hamilton changed a lot. Um, there weren't any like huge, like, I mean, there were, there was actually one number that was cut. Um, really? There were some, yeah, like there were some cuts made and there were some lyric changes. I know that there were some, uh, some references to songs that we had to get the rights to and some we weren't able to. So there had to be some like changes made there, but all for the better because ultimately it just you know, I can only imagine as a writer, it just forces you to dig a little bit deeper and have to find another way in. Um, when something like, you know, getting the rights to a song, uh, doesn't work out for you, you know? So that was the Beatles section of Hamilton. Weren't there a lot of, uh, (laughs) Paul McCartney songs. He had a wing song in there and Lynn never got those rights, which I actually think is a crime. Like if he (laughs) can't, isn't it insane? I mean, do you ever think, because, you know, I'll tell you this. I love Hamilton. I saw it with you and with Lynn in, I think 2015, I saw it. Uh, on Broadway, but I'm not like a Hamilton head. Like I can like hang out with you and be normal. And I imagine a lot of people would like lose their mind. Cause you, you know what I mean? Like they're so obsessed with Hamilton that it's like a whole, it's like Taylor Swift heads. You know what I mean? Like it's a whole lifestyle, like a Harry Potter person. I guess the yes. point of my question, which I don't even remember what it was. I was saying it like, <laughs> I swear there was a question coming and instead I just want you to know, I'm not like a freak. <laughs> No, that's well, worse. I appreciate it. Yeah, because I'm sure it must happen a lot where people like you've done so many things. And I've seen you just recently on, on TV. You were in a show that I loved. and We're going to talk about that. But like people see when they're like Hamilton, 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 it's just become the thing. Yeah. How do you I mean, you're like George Costanza. Like, how do you break out of that? But also, I know my question. <laughs> how does Lynn do it all? I don't understand how one person can be so productive. I don't get it. Well, to answer your Lynn question, I don't I don't know either. Yeah. He's magic. Yeah. He, he has the ability to be everywhere at once and also be so present with you in the moment. So, you know, it's just I think it goes with being a quality person. And then to your the first thing that you were talking about, which is like, the sort of um, wonderment and amazement that comes with being in a show like Hamilton and, and having that connection to it. I do find that, you know, at least a couple of years ago when it came out on um, Disney plus, there were a lot of questions that I was being asked that I had to sort of like really dig deep in the back of my mind to try and remember the answer to, because, you know, like as much as like, I wish I was documenting the whole thing for myself at the end of the day, I was just trying to make a thing and, you know, things that got cut or the reason why certain things were put in, you know, like that's at this point, I'm like, I don't know if I remember exactly why, but I remember that 
what we came up with was way more important and way and way better than what it was. So, <laughs> and you know, and also a lot of questions about like, you know, the end of the show and what is Eliza thinking? And it's just, you know, it's just funny to me because being in live theater, it's like different every day. And then at the end of the show, when it's captured on film, like that's one day out of many, many days out of a whole year of performances. So, you know, I could tell you different things for different days, but I would not not be able to say like exactly what I was thinking in that moment. And I think that's hard for people to hear, but I also think it's, I think it's refreshing when you don't necessarily have an answer and that the more important answer is what you get out of it than whatever I intended for it to be, you know, that's the beauty of art, right? That, that there's that connection there to the audience. And once you give it away, you know, it becomes something else. Yes. It's like the Sopranos ending. Like, I think only recently he, <laughs> no, it's true because like that happened and everyone wanted answers. And it's like, that's the point that like you get to think about something. I also find it funny that people just think you're like RoboCop brain. Like, how would you remember from one performance to another things that happened so specifically years ago, but people must demand, I imagine a lot of you because you were a part of something so special. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I'm I'm ultimately just, I'm so honored and grateful that there's a fascination there with it and with the process, you know? It it makes me excited because I think, I think there's a creative person in everyone and I hope that... I don't know about that. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. (laughs) You don't agree with that? You don't think everyone's not like some a little bit creative? It it exists in them and then, you know, as a kid, I think inherently as a kid, kid, you're like always creative and then as we get older like if it's not something you're you know if you don't exercise every day you're not going to be like a bodybuilder you know what i'm telling you i know people i know people (laughs) philippa in my own family i'm not going to name any names smart people lovely there is not a creative bone in their body i think it's like a left brain right brain thing where you know and from childhood i'm going to speak of my brother and i hope he doesn't mind me saying this i mean he there's just He's a lawyer, so he, I guess you have to be creative in the sense of like thinking of things mentally, you know, solving Outside these problems. The I've never sure. seen the man hold a crayon. I, I've never seen him <laughs> sing a tune. There's nothing creative about this man, and I feel like... But you know, problem solving is creative. Like You have to be creative in order to problem solve. But I feel artsy, like. I mean, artsy. You know, it's not necessarily about. artsy. No. That's right. I know what you mean. You like, know what craft. I mean. Like, I can't see a lot of, like, guys who are tailgating and wrap around Oakley's with, like, long shorts on getting the watercolors out. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just feel like there is a uh, an area where, and I actually think the problem is it's because creativity and the arts are not pushed in certain parts of the country, right? And especially for oh, men, yeah. they're, like, always told to kind of repress that side of them. So that's a different conversation altogether. But I mean, you know, you work in musical theater, so you know the people, the people in musical theater, wait, can we talk about them for one second? And I don't want to get you in trouble. I'll get in trouble. No. What what do you mean? Get in trouble. (laughs) I feel... Here's the thing. They're a very special breed, aren't they? Musical theater performers. Because it's not like even pop singers or they're first of all they're triple threats because they can dance they can sing and act so already they have all that and I feel like most of them were musical theater lovers from childhood probably because of their parents right it's there's just an extraness I think to musical theater people that other artists don't have and it I don't see it in you actually you seem fairly normal to me 
maybe there's a side, Philippa. But doesn't it get exhausting just being surrounded by these people all the time? It has to. And I'm going to say a name like Alea Michelle. You know, famously, I'll say it. It's okay. You're not going to yeah, get canceled. Yeah. Famously, she's like a very interesting person to work with and very just demanding, you know, diva behavior. Do you come across that a lot or... What if like you were like that? You're like, yes, I do. In fact, no, you're not like yes, that. Yes, I do. Every day I look in the mirror and I see a demon. <laughs> Can you imagine? I would love that answer so much. But isn't it exhausting a bit sometimes? I don't know. That's a shitty question, but. No, no, it's funny not. Breed. I think. I think you're trying to get into a, like a deeper assessment of like the different kinds of actors that are out there and the different kinds of performance. And it does take a certain personality often mm. to to be in a, a, something like a musical, which is like so high stakes and quite frankly, like in certain musicals, extremely athletic, like in terms of just the dancers, like yes. eight shows a week, dancing your ass off and singing and also like trying to play a character at the same time, maybe oftentimes like wearing heels or a corset or whatever. It's insane. It's insane. You're like the it's most insane. talented Olympian. Like we watch the Olympics and we're like, wow, fuck the Olympics. Go to a Broadway show. These people are giving you, they're giving you luge. They're giving you scales. They're giving you costume yeah. and attitude. It's, it's every level. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think ultimately there's like this, this shorthand that comes with being a musical theater performer mm. because you're telling a story through music. So there's like a technical aspect that actually is really important to the process and at the same time, like you want these, these are people you're playing humans. Yeah. So like you want it to feel character driven and story driven all at the same time. And I, like, it's definitely like, there's a lot of balls in the air at the same time. So I think it takes a certain amount of energy, a certain amount of focus that yes. is it, it really intense. I mean, it's like, it's a three hour show uh, for instance, Seth's. it's a three hour show nearly not quite. Honestly, I'd rather and, sit through that than the Batman. I saw the Batman also three hours long. <laughs> put me. Oh, was it? Philippa, I, that's why I look so old. Because yeah. I saw Batman. I looked young you two weeks ago. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I would rather sit through stuffs any day. Even the name stuffs is sort of funny because the name Suffragette is just funny. Doesn't it sound like it's like you're already suffering? There's a suffering going on. I know. Well, it's so funny that you like bring that up mm. because the word suffragette is actually a word that was used to minimize the movement and minimize what they were doing, you know, sort of like, Oh, those suffragettes, those ladies, they're so cute in England. I think they sort of acquired it and sort of reclaimed it. But during the movement, at least from what I understand, but here in America, and at least in our story, suffragette is really something that is used to um, make fun of what these incredible women were trying to do. So they, they themselves called themselves suffragists. Hmm. And the sort of shorthand was like a suff to be a suff, like my fellow suffs, like, thank you that. for coming. How funny. Yeah. So yeah. that's where, that's where it sort of comes from. And I, and I also think like, it's so smart because we're abbreviating things so much today. So I think suffs really makes me feel like it's, there's like a connection to now hmm. and, and, and how it's really not very far from, where we are today in terms of progress and in, in a movement, the different dynamics that are taking place and something like women getting the vote, which happened only a hundred years ago, uh, is crazy to me that progress was 
that slow for so yeah. long. Seriously. Um, yeah. And so it's not, actually I feel like we're like going back there slowly, don't you? It's the scary thing is, and when you actually were talking about the word suffragette, I was just saying earlier today how critical race theory not to go there. But even mm-hmm. that term is a rebranding of something that it's like just teaching history and they've rebranded it as this like negative critical. And I think people who don't really understand what it means get intimidated or scared by hearing that. And it's all yeah. branding. It's just all, all of it. I feel like 90% of politics is marketing and you just kind of, and and brainwashing basically, you know? So this sort of plays into that a little bit, like, you know, people's perception of them. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think it's, I think it's intriguing because I don't think, I think a lot of people hear the word suffragist or suffragette and they're like, I have this idea of like a bunch of women demanding the right to vote and then they got it and, and they don't actually like in, in school, at least I never learned about what it took to achieve the uh, ratification of the 19th amendment. All I know is that it happened, you know, it's like Seneca falls and then, uh, Oh, all of a sudden we got the amendment, you know, and so much happened. And just for the sake of this podcast, like for the listeners, like I hope that they're excited by our story because it really gets into the different dynamics of a movement, the failures of a movement, the humanity, the friendships, the camaraderie, the the tension points, um, especially dealing with, you know, not only the sexism within the movement, but the racism within the movement. Interesting. Yeah. And how that was being dealt with at the time. And ultimately, I think it just goes to show you that it's not perfect. Progress is not perfect, mm-hmm. but the goal is to move forward. And how are we as humans trying to negotiate negotiate and figure out our way through the things that we might be coming up against that might be resisting the the progress. Totally. And it's fascinating and beautiful. And at the heart of it, I think it's super inspiring. <gasps> I'm excited. I'm going to be back in New York in yeah. May. I'm going to, it's still playing. Do you know how long it's going to be running for at the public? We're extended now. I think we just announced a, our first extension. And my hope is that, you know, we, we get enough traction that we can extend potentially through the spring, but fingers crossed, you know, we don't know yet. Oh my God. It's exciting. Well, I'm definitely going to come see it if I'm in New York, but when you sit, like when I hear suffragette, literally the first thing I think of is a woman in a high neck dress holding a sign. And I'm like, and then we got to vote. That's it. I'm like, oh, she had that target, you know, the Waco, Texas dress on, I call it that kind of target. (laughs) You know what I mean? That's sort of the uh, COVID frock that when we were all in lockdown, you went to Target, every dress looked like the Branch Davidian. I'm like, what is this? Like, why is this what we're being sold in lockdown? It's comfortable, I guess. Like, I don't know. (laughs) I mean, are people just out on the pastures, just milking left and right? I I never got the look as someone with a large chest as well. It really was not flattering. But um, but no, there, there is really so little known. There's so much we gloss over. And I think too, you know, especially with everything happening now in the world, which is, I mean, I open any website up and I just have to slowly close my laptop because it's like, this is too much. But there's so much to absorb today that we really do forget, like, how did we even get here? And like the fact that our rights as women are being reversed as we speak in Texas and, you know, and very few people, it feels, are, are kind of speaking out on it. And I'm not sure those pussy hats worked. You know, my fear is that 100 <laughs> years of those hats, Philippa, tell me you didn't have one. No, I, I'm very anti that. You don't, you don't like the pink pussy hat? Hate the pussy hat. I saw these people. I went, <laughs> if I'm, and I'm obviously a liberal. If I saw that as a Republican, I'd be like, these people are fucking sick. <laughs> it was so well, stupid. 
I hated it. You know, it's funny. It was like uh, in its time, it felt like the best thing to do. And honestly, like I, I was there for it. I don't know how many people are like wearing the pussy hats now. If I saw but... one in the wild today, I would oh, you really, did. I know if I did, it's like, if I oh. would be, I would be upset. I would be very upset. In fact, <laughs> no, I really would be. It just, to me, it reminds me of like Gal Gadot's Imagine. Like, it's like your heart's in the right place, but the execution is very embarrassing to me, you know? And I actually <laughs> marched. I marched in the Women's March, so I wasn't like, I'm not marching. I just didn't have that hat on. I get it. I just, to me, it was, ugh. It, it, I thought it was I awful. I don't know. That's well, just me. everyone, you know, I just feel like, the, like, if an article of clothing can mean something yes. for good, true. why not? You know, and ultimately, like, let's start there. Like, right, let's start there. Mm -hmm. And then let's find a cohesive idea to go behind it, which I think is, you know, that's that's the goods that we're looking for. This is why you're successful. I'm going to say it um, because you are so smart about what you say. And I love that about you. <laughs> like, I'll tell you who's not getting canceled in 2022. Philippa Sue, honey. She is coming through. She's got her pussy hat on. She's marching for all the right reasons. I don't have a, to be fair, I don't have a pussy hat. I don't, I'm pretty sure I wore um, like a multicolored like rainbow beret when rainbow I beret went is okay. to March <laughs> rainbow beret. It's I'll be honest, it's pushing it for me, but I'll accept it. <laughs> it's pushing it a little bit, but uh, I'll accept it. Wait, so let's talk about your life outside of musicals, because I also know. And later I want to ask you about this movie you're working on, because yeah. I'm obsessed with your co-star, but we'll save it for now. Okay, but um, okay. but what is your life like? Talk to me, Philippa, because last time we spoke, we did this audible interview because you had this amazing right. um, show with them that I loved. What are you up to? Are you just working on this musical and exercising basically? Like what is the what is the unwinding <laughs> moment for Philippa Sue? Well, the unwinding, okay, that's a good question. Um my Mondays, which are my days off. Yeah. Uh for those listeners who don't know, theater is weird. Your day off is Monday and you only get one day off a week. You're like an Orthodox Jew, basically. You just get the Sabbath. <laughs> You get one day. That's it. Cook your challah Literally, and go to work. I know. One day. I, yeah, I, I cherish it. I really wow. cherish it. I usually, um, these days, my Sunday nights have consisted of coming home, making myself a martini. Oh, the best. Backstory is one of the things that I learned how to do during the pandemic is make a good martini. Really? Because, yes, because I think it was maybe la last Year. I'm not sure when it came out, but Steve and I were obsessed with watching Stanley Tucci's. Oh, um, well, Italy. Are you in Italy right now? I'm Is in London. I'm in London now. I was okay. in Italy for two months, but I did notice, and I love Stanley Tucci because he's exactly my type. Short, bald glasses, like sold forever. <laughs> That's really my thing. I want like the men to look like I just delivered them, and then I want to date. That's like I'm a little fucked up, but anyway. Okay. Love it. Love it. <laughs> anyway, on that show, and I was discussing this with a friend recently, everybody says on that show the Italian words. They'll be like, gondola. Like they they sound like the Italian doesn't sound like Italian. They say everything like no. a family guy joke almost. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. so overly Italian. And it's just very strange. But uh, but it's a very charming show that Stanley Tucci and I know the oh, martini yeah. scene you're talking when he shook it with his huge arms. I remember that. Exactly. Yes. But but I hadn't watched that until after I had seen the CNN, like Italy show. Yes. And because of that, I was like, you know, I turned 30 during the pandemic and I need to know how to make my own martini. Yes. 
Like, who am I? Just, you know, completely. <laughs> I drink them like water. Same. And yet I don't know how to make it. And so I learned how to make a martini for myself. And I gotta say, I enjoy it. It's a little bit like when I make coffee in the morning, like a, mm. like a French press, like there's a process and you do it to your liking. And I just, I really like, I enjoy that. And so I, I come home Sunday night, maybe make a martini for myself. Monday is like, can I ask about the martini? Because it is my go-to Please. drink. How do you like it? Because I'll tell you my martini order, which in London, they have made it right, I think, one time out of 5,000. I like a mm-hmm. Grey Goose served like a nice vodka. Yeah. Shaken, very, very cold. A uh, little vermouth, almost none. Like maybe coat the glass, basically. Yeah, sure. And twist of lemon. And that's Lemon? It. Yes. That's, see, that's my jam. Okay, so we're, I'm on. similar, but I am stirred. I'm martini stirred. Interesting. In one of those, those like fancy beakers. Yes, yes. And um, I put the vermouth in with the ice first. Smart. Give it a stir around and then dump it out. Smart. So there's just like essence of vermouth in there. And then while I'm doing that, I put ice in the glass and I chill the glass. God, this is like uh, the Cheesecake Factory. I didn't know that you were getting so professional with chilling the glass. Chilling the glass is very nice. That's like Ritz Carlton, actually. Yeah, I feel very fancy when I do it. And it's very simple. So I'm like making this martini. I'm like intimidated. It's the first time I'm intimidated by you. All this Hamilton talk, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, (laughs) oh, you put ice cubes in the glass. (laughs) Well, that's the first one. Yeah, that's okay. the first one because if I'm making a second one, the glass is already cold right. from the martini that I just had. True. So, you know, once is enough, Got you know, it. just to start, just to make myself feel like this is a celebration <laughs> for myself. It's beautiful. How many do you have in a night? I'm just curious. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. normally, like these days, it's like one. Okay. But, you know, I love like, I love sitting around and it's having a nice, nice cocktail. It's just, it's just nice. But I do that. I do that. I do the stir. And then I do a twist of lemon. Yes. And you know what? Sometimes I do because I don't know. Why not? Maybe some people would be horrified by this. But sometimes I do twist of lemon. And then I also have an olive. No, you know what's funny is that in only in England, because I think that the people here just drink blind, like they'll blind, they'll bird box themselves and drink anything. I don't think they care what's in their drinks, basically, as long as it's alcohol. But I will yeah. say to people, oh, like servers, I would like a dry martini with a twist. And they'll go, okay, would you like olive juice dirty or not? And I'm thinking if I said like not to be an asshole, and I'm very nice when they do it. But I'm like, if you right. say a twist, it it's inherently not a dirty martini. Obviously, that's an olive uh-huh. thing. So I am yeah. sure there are people here who do that. I do think it's a little bit weird, but also they have olives with lemon rinds in it at Whole Foods. So, you know, it's not. Yeah, crazy. I guess I'm yeah. sort of like, I like the cleanness, but I enjoy like picking the olive out oh, the at best. the end. Uh, I'll tell you what I don't, I'll tell you what I don't do. And this what? is how you know I'll never live in Orange County. I do not <laughs> like, because all those ladies love this. I don't like a blue cheese stuffed olive. That's not for me. <gasps> oh, you well, I don't like it in my martini. Oh. I mean, like I would have a blue cheese stuffed olive on its own i maybe i wouldn't be able to do a lot because that's just this is it's a lot it's a lot of funk it's a lot of brine there so funky and they love it in their in orange county if you get an olive or dirty martini you can expect it to have blue cheese inside and what happens is you get the drink and i'm like drooling because actually i would love one right now i'm like i would never (laughs) have that i have full drool But there is like a layer of oil and fat at the top of the drink because of the cheese. And I'm just Uh someone who doesn't like a creamy, like I don't like a white Russian. I don't like milky drinks, really. Yeah, milky alcohol. Yeah, it seems 
strange. It's just to me. not I mean, great. Bailey's in your coffee? No, hate Bailey's. No. If okay, I get an great. espresso martini, um, I say no clue. Actually, I literally just want the vodka and the espresso together. That's right. it. Uh, which, by the way, let me say one thing about the espresso martini. I have been drinking them since birth. Like it is my go-to. It's my it's my Red <laughs> yes. Bull and vodka. You know what I mean? Like I've had them forever. Yeah. They've somehow turned into like the new cosmopolitan. Like now all these like basic girls are like espresso martini. And when I order it, I feel like a dumb bitch. And I hate that because it's like that was my drink. Do you do an espresso martini like after dinner or do you like order it with your food? Um, it's such a great question. And I know where you're going with this. I usually have it. before. She's laughing. I usually have it before my meal. I had one last <laughs> night. <laughs> Okay, I feel your energy right now. Or if I'm out like on a date or something, then have it on a date. The only problem with it is they put those beans on top. And I know they oh, right. I hate those beans. I know it's for good luck. But then when you get to the bottom part, you have like a little oh, it's good luck. Hitler bean mustache. I don't like it. I don't like the beans. I say mm. no beans. Wait, wait, what's the good luck part? Is there a story behind that? I almost want to say Stanley Tucci taught me that, but that might just be like wishful thinking. Do you want me to look it up? <laughs> I swear, I'm like, I think I learned that from Stanley. Let me look it up. Have you met him, by the way, Stanley Tucci? No, I just feel like, uh, I, you know, I've listened to him on like a couple podcasts yeah. and he just seems like an interesting guy. Ultimately, like, I would just love to cook a meal with Stanley Tucci. Okay. I feel like euphemism, so Philippa, euphemism. <laughs> I ultimately, I just want to cook a meal with a man. <laughs> I just want to cook a meal with Stanley Tucci. But our spouses would be invited. That's nice. Okay. Kinky. Um, here's what the beans mean. Here's what the beans mean. The three coffee beans mean health, happiness, and prosperity. That explains why I have none of those things. Cause I, I'm like, keep them. I don't want them in my drink. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely not. No. Do not give me those beans. I mean, you know what it is? It, it is a little, like sometimes I think about the concept of coffee and I do get a little weirded out because it basically is like dried yeah. bean water. It's soup. <laughs> I feel like it's soup like the Aztecs when they had a Halen Hardy were just serving coffee. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Same concept. <laughs> like genuinely comes to you in like a cardboard container. In an old you can stone. Get crackers. Yes. That's funny. <laughs> Fucking Halen Hardy. Should we talk about it? I don't know if I'm spiritually ready, that place. Um <laughs> the most chaotic line situation, I will just say, because it's half salads, half soups. And I feel like it's always West Side Story between the soup and the salad people there. It's like a big fight always. Well, I also feel like people go there and they're like, hmm, do I want soup? Oh, I, or do I want salad? Oh, or do I want both? And then they get really confused and it's a lot and it takes a long time. I have to tell you, I haven't been in New York for six months. I just had a cold chill down my spine about the people who can't decide super salad at Hale and Hardy. That to <laughs> me is like, that's my walking dead. Like that's my like lock the doors. Don't leave the house. Figure it out. You know, by the way, people who also go there for salad need help. That's a soup place. I was going to say, it feels more like a soup place. I feel like, do you want salad with your soup or not? Like, is really the question. And that's really why I have you here. Which is it, Philippa? Can you imagine? <laughs> Honestly, this is what, this is, this is the title of the podcast, which is asking the right questions. <laughs> Olive or no, soup or salad, beans or no beans. Beans or no beans is, that's the name of the podcast. You just helped yeah. me. Thank you. Okay. I totally derailed you. I'm having the best time, though, might I just say. And you're actually getting me excited <laughs> for the weekend. I'm like, I'm going to have a martini tonight and I can't wait. Monday yeah. comes. Now you maybe oh. a little hungover. She wakes up fresh faced. What's your Monday? Monday is just honestly nothing. Like I don't plan anything. I try not to plan anything. Minus like 
some sort of bodywork wellness, like chiropractor, get an adjustment, you know, get some acupuncture done. Love acupuncture. Um, such oh a my fan. God, it's so good. It's such a lifesaver. It's been so like, I, I'm like terror. I used to be terrified of needles and which is why I was like, no, I don't think acupuncture is for me. Like, I'm not into that. And actually I found it to be so relaxing and it's actually like, I, I hurt my wrist a couple of years ago mm-hmm. during Amelie. And, um, and I did some acupuncture and it healed itself. Like the the guy was like, my doctor was like, yes, we're going to have to do surgery. And I was like, Oh God, well, I can't do that right now. Maybe just, can we wait? And he's like, okay, well I'll just do some, you know, acupuncture in the meantime, I guess. Right. And I did it and it healed itself. Can I say Powerful. something really controversial? And because that's apparently what I do when you're a guest on my show. I'm like, I'm just Please. gonna I, I'm having the best time. I have a theory with a lot of medical things that yep. if you just wait like three months, it goes away. Like I I'm just saying I fell and hurt my knee and I was chasing a cab in ankle boots before you ask. And I fell. I was like, wait a minute, what happened? <laughs> I did I have a martini probably and I was on Sixth Avenue and I fell and I slammed my knee it hurt so bad and I noticed that there was like a huge bump on my leg I had a huge thing and one guy was like we have to do surgery all this stuff um they did an MRI they said I had a floating bone shard in my knee like a piece of bone who knows on an all new bones and I never did anything because um I barely have insurance at the moment I'm uninsured and all that being said girl three four months later bump went flat I mean if you rub certain parts of my knee does it sound like the oyster crackers at Halen Hardy it does (laughs) does it crunch like a sun chips bag yeah but it doesn't hurt <laughs> and it looks I mean fairly normal so I'm like maybe there's just something also I believe in acupuncture though I love acupuncture too it's it is the most relaxed I think you can be certainly for me much more than a massage I think so too I think well it also depends on like who's treating you I feel like with an acupuncturist you sort of have to like get to know them because mm. they're really a therapist and they're you know they're trying to get to know your body and your habits. And then they're sort of chasing, you know, where the energy goes. And I feel like with the massage, sometimes you can go a little wrong. Like sometimes like if they get you a little too much, you're like worse than you were before somehow, you know, it can sometimes just throw things off a bit. And, but acupuncture, I feel like is so delicate and specific that it's very hard to come out of a, an acupuncture session and be like, Oh God, I wish I didn't do that. You know what I mean? hundred percent. And actually I'm going to DM you for where you go in New York because I only had a good person yeah. in LA. And then the place I went to in New York looked like the medic's room in Saving Private Ryan. Like it was just all these gurneys oh, with no. like curtains in between. It was from Groupon or something, yeah. but there were like 40 people in a room with needles in their feet. And I had to lay there. And then half the needles. I will out. give you a wreck. I need it. Actually. Yeah, I'll give you a wreck. She's amazing. And yeah, oh, love she'll that. change your life. Have you mm-hmm. cupped? Cause I'm a cupping fan yeah. as well. Love a cup. I've done that. I, yeah, it, it, like, I definitely get a little like, like it freaks me out <laughs> because then like you look at it and you're like, Oh my God, that looks terrible. I love looking at it after I feel but like it is, oh, it's the best. You know, but you know what it is? It's kind of like, it's the same concept. Like when you wear like a Biore strip yes, and then you like like a pore strip and then you peel it off your face and then you like look at it oh. and you can see everything <laughs> that There's was no, in your face. Satisfying. 
There is, I have what you're describing right now. It's funny. I can't watch other people's like, you know, if on TikTok and stuff, um, like Dr. Pimple Popper things, I can't look at because it really nauseates me. Oh, no. I can't do it. Oh, no. But on myself, like that is self-healing. That's self-care for me. It's just going with a magnifying mirror and just combing <laughs> through every pore in my face and finding it is, I don't think there's a better feeling than that. Right. It's a little bit like I'm being productive, right? I'm like, oh, you know, I weigh myself after. out of my body. <laughs> <laughs> I get on the scale. I'm like, I lost two pounds after that. I just feel poor <laughs> juice. Poor juice, girl. They have that at Hale and Hardy these days. You should try oh, it. Oh, God. Oh, Wait, no. let's get back to your amazing career. As much as I would love to talk about martinis and also your, your day off, which I feel I'm happy that you have ways to relax. And also knowing that you're starting this musical Sunday. Yeah, our first preview was on Sunday. Oh my God, it's really exciting. I just have to say like, first of all, thank you because I know that it's two days from now for talking to me now, but how do you get like ready for the first show? I mean, it's so much energy put into it. I am finding myself right now in a phase of just trying to ground myself as much as possible because I know it will be exciting. I know it will be super fun once we're there. Um, but you know, like the, the brain goes crazy. You're like, well, uh, how am I going to get here from here? And like, you know, this is where we put it all together and having the perspective now, like I'm doing this many times now, it just is like, oh yeah, like this is where, this is where it all happens. This yeah. is like, this is the the fun part where we get to sort of see what works and see what doesn't work and try things. And it can feel a little scary, but it's exciting. And especially being away from it for so long, you know, this it's like, it's just thrilling. It's just thrilling. It's so exciting. I can't yeah. wait. I'm, I really hope that it's happening in, uh, April, or excuse me, in May so I can come see it. I also yeah. have to bring up um, a movie that you're in and how dare you not bring it up already because you are starring alongside Simu Liu, who is, I would say, probably one of the hottest working actors at the moment. I mean, he is, <laughs> he is so hot. I, I mean, on SNL, and he was so funny. Tell, the movie is called uh, One True Loves. I'm very yes. excited. Did you physically uh, touch the man? Tell me everything. What happened? Yes, we did physically uh, have contact, as one would say. Beautiful. Um, That's really beautiful. No, he's such a... <laughs> No, it, it's it's very charming and it's um truly like a like a rom com romance. A romance actually is what I would actually say. And um Simu was just such a great scene partner and uh we had a lot of fun working together. That was we shot that in the fall mm. and it was a really quick shoot. Um working every single day for me. It was it was really hard, but I had an amazing time and he is just so talented and so fun to work with. Like, it's like, you know, it's exciting. It's exciting when you have a scene partner who really just knows how to play and knows how to experiment in the moment and find fun things. Yes. And, um, you know, we were given permission to do that. And, and it was just, I'm so grateful that I got to do that with him. And uh, Luke Bracey was also alongside. It's this beautiful love triangle. And, um, you know, it was great. It was really fun. I'm and so excited. I, yeah. I, and, and I had just come off of uh, shooting in Chicago. I, I shot um, a, a new show for Apple TV called The Shining Girls. Oh. And it's going to be coming out April 29th. Oh, my God. Is it about the twins from The Shining? That's a half joke. Not. 
It's not. Go on. I've gotten that question before, but it's not. <laughs> well, I'm an um, idiot, as you well know. What is it? Tell us. <laughs> it's, based off of a, it's based off of a book called uh, Shining Girls by Lauren Bukes. And it's um, a thriller uh, sort of cat and mouse story. There, There's um, basically, uh, it, it's, a, it's about a woman who is um, looking for uh, the, the person who assaulted her. And there's time travel involved. Uh, and it's, it's really just beautifully done. And, um, Elizabeth Moss and Wagner Mora and Jamie Bell, uh, are also in it. And it was so amazing to work with them. I got to work in Chicago, which is my hometown. And so oh my God, it was nice fun. Yeah. That's so exciting. Yeah. Oh, what yeah. a great cast. I can't wait. And that's April 29th. That's out on Apple Plus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it possible that you are the busiest working actress? As I'm listening to everything going on, I'm like, because I'm going to say something that, you know, I've interviewed a lot of actress before and I really think your musical theater chops. It's like when a baseball player swings the heavy bat. You know what I mean? Like you're I'm not putting anyone down when I say that. But what I mean is you're operating on, I think, a very different level from just your typical like L.A. working actor because you can genuinely kind of do it all. So just what does it feel like to work so much? <laughs> Someone who's like, oh my God. it's crazy. You're everywhere. I, am, I, I feel so lucky, especially yeah. since during the pandemic, I was able to work. I shot Dope Sick during the pandemic. Which you were phenomenal. And by the way, what a, congratulations on Dope Sick because it's winning awards. It's incredible. Yeah, it was it was a really awesome process. And mm-hmm. I, I had the best scene partner in Will Poulter. But it was, you know, I just... I learned so much during the pandemic, but the the main thing was just that like, I do not take what I get to do for a living for granted. And I was driving to Richmond to shoot it because I was like, Oh no, I want to fly. Like the, the risk is a little too high. So, um, you know, and I was only in a couple of days every couple of weeks. So I was driving for like seven hours wow, wow, wow. every other week. And I loved it. I loved every moment of it. And I just feel like the luckiest person in the world that I get to travel and meet different people and do different kinds of things, different genres, and then also get to be in this amazing theater community in New York and get to put up a new musical, not just a musical, but like a new musical that I get to work on and help develop. And, Mm. um, you know, it's just, it's my happy place. I love working with people. I, I think I thrive, you know, I was never a great student, like taking tests and, um, that kind of stuff. writing papers was, was, terrifying to me. I, it just brought me so much anxiety. But the minute that you gave me an assignment, like group project, you know, make a group presentation. Like I thrived. I loved it. I know so, exactly who you were growing up. You just saying that I'm like, Oh, I had Philip. I know Philippa. Like the group, oh my pro- God. the group project girl is the easiest way to describe like you're, I got it. I know who you are. Everything. Oh yeah. And got plus it. I was like, this is so much more fun. We eat snacks. We come to somebody's house, we eat a bunch of snacks and we're working. <laughs> Making this project, which is ultimately really fun, you know, because sometimes it was like, make a movie, like, right? The best thing ever. And like, I forgot that I was learning at the same time. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of what I'm doing now. I feel like I'm like continuously like educating myself. And at the same time, I'm still sitting around tables, like eating snacks, trying to make things make sense. (laughs) That's That's hilarious. 
It's so funny. The group project girl is so, it's such a specific description because I was not that girl, shockingly, even though I also love to perform and love to do all of that. My, you were not a group project. You're I was like, not. Like- I wasn't a group. I like to work on my own because for me, what I always hated, and I'm sure you felt this a little bit, was when you're the group project girl and then someone is lazy or someone is mean or whatever it is. And you have it's like Survivor. It's why I would be I would be the first person kicked off the island for sure for medical reasons, but before the first <laughs> tribal meeting, because uh, I don't know if someone's not pulling their weight or this and that, I would get very pissed. And that's not good uh-huh. group project energy. And I could see you being like sweet about it. So I got that. Well, yeah, but I, I appreciate the person who's like, you're not doing enough. <laughs> that was me. No, I was like, the, I was like the capo for the group project. I was like, we need to talk. We all know you haven't been pulling your weight around like, here. I made oh, this paper mache thing <laughs> and you haven't done anything. Yes. So you know. notice something missing the eyeballs. That was your thing. Where are they? <laughs> we need them. Um, Where are the spinning planets? That's like, oh God. Can I say something? I have like secondhand um, anxiety thinking about working as a kid in school. Like just <laughs> me too. Honestly, oh God. It was <laughs> it's just horrible. Oh. Um, Philippa Sue, you are just such a delightful person. I'm so happy that we connected that first time, uh, which was a random thing. They were like, oh, I said, oh, I love her. But you were wonderful and you are just a wonderful person. I'm so excited for Seth's New Yorkers, Americans. Go see it. It's at the Public Theater. My favorite theater in New York, and I'm not just saying that. Like, I'm I'm such a fan. Go support Seth's opening Sunday. Oh my God! Previews on Sunday, Philippa. I'm excited. Um, and also, all your when is the movie out with uh, Simu? When is One True Love's out? Um, not sure yet. I think it's currently in post editing. Okay, you'll come on Sirius to talk about it when that happens. I'm excited. (laughs) Um, and follow Philippa if you don't already at Philippa Sue on Instagram and Twitter break every leg Sunday night. You are such a bright light. I just am so thrilled for everything going on with you. And thank you so much for doing the podcast. It was such a thrill to have you. Oh my God. My pleasure. Thank you. Oh, you're so lovely. Philippa Sue, thank you. And guys, have a wonderful week. We will see you next week. Bye. Midnight Snack is an Earwolf production, executive produced by me, Michelle Collins. Our producer is Anita Flores, and our sound engineer is Sam Kiefer. Special thanks to my friend, Dan Acton. You can listen to our ad-free episodes on Stitcher Premium. For a free one-month trial, use the code SNACK. Please rate and review Midnight Snack and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. You can follow us on Twitter at MNightSnackPod. That's M-N-I-G-H-T-S-N-A-C-K-P-O-D. I love spelling. Midnight Snackers, we would love to hear from you. Send us your feedback, questions, or topics we should chat about. You can leave us a voicemail on our party line at 331-901-0005 or drop us a line at midnightsnack at earwolf.com. For more of me, tune into The Michelle Collins Show live weekday mornings from 7 a.m. Eastern Time on Radio Andy, Sirius XM 102, and on the Sirius XM app. You can also follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at Mishkoll, M-I-C-H-C-O-L-L. Hold up. What was that? 
boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. And that's the episode. We hope you loved it. Again, if you want to hear the show every single day, go to www.patreon.com slash mishcall, M-I-C-H-C-O-L-L. You can also follow me on Instagram, X, TikTok, all the things, mishcall, M-I-C-H-C-O-L-L. I'm running myself into the ground for content and I want you to be a part of it. So we'll see you over there. And thanks again for joining us. Bye guys.